Hello and welcome to the Win-Win Effect podcast with your host, Chris Ross. This is the show for anyone that wants to drive productivity and maximize potential in any industry. Let's take a moment. Have you ever wondered about the psychology behind the persuasive marketing driving you to take action, sometimes on products you never thought people would buy? Well, that's just what makes this podcast stand out from the others. On these episodes, Chris will break down proven strategies that his companies use to respectably enroll prospective students into the correct programs to achieve overall business success and fulfillment in life. You will get a rare centralized look into both sides of the buyer-seller relationships that I'm sure anyone tuning in will receive massive value from to implement instantly. There are huge quantities of informational material from companies just trying to sell products, but not many giving you the right information on how to build companies from solid foundations, focusing on customers actually winning as the outcome. The Win-Win Effect podcast is a character-based code for human interaction and collaboration in business. Time is the only non-renewable resource in life. So with this podcast, the outcome is designed to bring you value, to make it worth your time. Happy Money Monday, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Win Win Effect podcast. This is your host, Chris Ross. Really excited to be able to go over today's topic with Wes Bays. We do have online. We'll join him in a second. But we really hope everyone is doing well and staying safe out there. If you're new to us, welcome. We really do appreciate you tuning in for the first time. And as a reminder, there is a form in the description box called a feedback form. We highly encourage each one of our listeners to start filling those out after every episode because one thing that we're going over, you know, how-tos and, and what to do with our techniques and methods it's imperative that you start tracking and measuring and reassessing your results and when you're trying to implement it with your systems. But without further ado, let's go ahead and bring Wes Bays on. What's going on, my man? You all right? Good. How about you, Chris? Come on now. You know me. I'm always good. Any day that ends in Y, my friend. You got to be day. moving. That's, that's right. That's right. Ramadan, Mubarak to a lot of people out there. I hope everyone has a good fast. If the yeah. wolves are fasting. And what we're going to really talk about today is fear. And I know a lot of people, they view fear like it's a bad thing. We share similar, you know, views on this is you can actually use this to your benefit in sales. If you know how to do this ethically, can you walk them through just an idea of that? Yeah. And that, that's a good way to bring it up because you know, fear can be used in a lot of ways in life and mm -hmm. sales and anything, right? It's either a motivator to do something or not do something, mm -hmm. right? It's a motivator to run or to fight. It's a, a motivator to do so many things. And so in sales, what you can leverage it from, there's things that you want to spike fear in for somebody because it motivates them to do something. There's things that you don't want to, you know, spike fear into, you know, your, your potential prospect because it's going to make them run off. And exactly. so- you just got to understand the triggers. You got to understand the triggers and why, why they have certain fears and where it stems from and what it's going to do. And it's actually, it's really that simple. You just got to study up on it and really understand it, it goes back to that emotional intelligence piece that we always talk about mm -hmm. and, just, and use it where it's needed to ethically get that person to where they need to go. Right. I mean, fear is everywhere in when it comes to business, everywhere. I mean, fear is a universal condition that one leaves us most searching for ways to get back to our comfort zones and how you have your comfort zones. It's important for you to start feeling comfortable being uncomfortable. That's one of the things that I always try to communicate with my particular prospective buyers. That's a good indicator that you're growing and you're starting to view things in a different perspective. And I want all the listeners to understand this and it's pro I'm, I'm trying to really drive home this point and I want you to hear me good. Self-persuasion is the highest level of influence. Would you agree? Absolutely. Why? Absolutely. The, because it, there's nothing that will give you more ownership mm -hmm. and, and actually kick you to do something or motivate you to do something than you feeling like it's your idea that you own it. 
right. a lot of people don't understand that. That's why I asked that yeah. question. A lot of people don't understand that, Wes. Yeah. If you and, really want to excel in sales, you need to learn how to ethically use fear as an advantage with your buyers. And most importantly, how not to spark fear with your buyers if they don't know how to deal with it. And that's your responsibility as a seller, correct? Is right. to make them it, feel comfortable. I mean, yeah. kick us off, like share some of your insights on how to ethically use fear and let's go yeah. into this. Yeah. So where you ethically need to use fear, <clears throat> excuse me, sorry about that. The, where you ethically need to use fear is when it comes to, you know, what, where I truly believe is when it comes to pain. That's where I feel like fear is the biggest motivator. Like if, if you're not going to get something or something is not as bad as going to happen, if you're, if with the cost of inaction, if you don't mm -hmm. take action on something, that's where I feel like fear is the most powerful. Right. And so it's also the, the fear of loss. Right. So if you have the potential to get something, but fear is going to hold you back, you know, that's where there, there's that gap. Right. And then in that gap, there's pain. Right. And so where you need to use fear, it comes down to the urgency and priority of your prospect taking action or taking a different action or a different approach or a different belief system. Mm -hmm. And it needs to be the motivator behind that. So that comes down to anything. So you know, a lot of people talk about handling objections and things along those lines, you know, and if whether you're talking about money, whether you're talking about anything that the buyer has that limiting belief in, you use the fear of whatever it is that they're going to get or not get with the, if they take action or don't take action to motivate them and to, to kind of kick them, give them that kick to, to say, all right, this is, you got to go do this. You got to, you got to put this in place or you got to take on this belief system hmm. or you're not going to get to where you want to go. That's why where we use it a lot comes down to the commitment. Mm -hmm. You know, we want to get you committed to the process first, commit yourself to actually overcoming what it is that's holding you back before you move on to making any kind of buying decision. Mm -hmm. right, or any and doing anything else because we know that that's what's going to hold you back. So you use fear to start to motivate them to to start changing themselves, changing their ways, changing their belief system, and ultimately it gets them helps them get to the outcome that they're searching for. So would you say that it's best that when you understanding that they are being fearful of something, mm -hmm. would you say that the best route to take is to first things first to try to discover all the pain points with the prospective buyer? It's absolutely, you need to understand them. You need to understand them at a deep level and mm -hmm. what triggers them, right. right? So what are those triggers? Because then you can, you can start to sense the fear behind the pain, right? So if, if, if you have pain because of something for, because of X, Y, and Z, then there's an underlying fear there that stems from that pain, right? right? And you got to figure out what that is to know how to trigger it the right way or to not trigger it depending on the, the circumstance. Right. I mean, a lot, this is where I see a lot of salespeople go down this road and, and spook their buyers completely and they go ghost on them. Yeah. They start offering up a bunch of random, scary business scenarios. That isn't motivation, you know, that's not going to motivate them and it's not being driven by fear. They're yeah. just scaring the crap out of them. It's just petty angle. They look, a lot of people, they don't listen for the purpose and the true motivation. The motive is actually pushing them and to do whatever they're trying to accomplish. They're not listening for that. They're listening just for an opportunity to come in with an angle and pitch their product or service or whatever. Good. Right. I mean, here's a tip for you, for listeners. Start researching your buyer's pain points and understanding what is the motivating factor and really driving them forward. A lot of people aren't going to take the time to do that. How much time does it take for a top performer to do that? You can do it effortlessly, right? I mean, yeah. you don't, don't take much time? No, I mean, it completely depends on the buyer, right? It yeah. depends on the person. That's, that's, a huge, that's a huge factor in all this. But yeah, when you're, when you're an expert, when you start doing it over and over and you have that repetition, you have that emotional intelligence, you can get to that root pretty quick. Yep. And a lot of it comes because of you and your presence, your confidence, your demeanor, your tonality. And you're able to build that trust and credibility and authority with that person immediately to give you the opening to start asking some of those questions to get to the, to the pain point. Mm -hmm. Because you're absolutely right. You know, when you said they'll come in and they'll start talking about all these different you know, aspects of business and making the person fearful of what they need to do. Now, the, the crazy thing about that, though, is that can actually be used the right way 
to trigger their fear in a certain way to actually get them to a better outcome, but only, but only when, if you truly find out what that true motivation is, because when you've committed to the process, when you've committed to the outcome and you know, at that point that your buyer is not going to run, that your buyer is going to go through this journey with you. You can then add in some of those overwhelming pieces that they don't quite understand to spark a little fear inside them so that they can feel that they need to rely on you a bit more because you are the answer to that fear. And it goes back to previous episodes that we've mentioned a lot about. I mean, I know I talk about that one scenario where do you know you're going to just go through a really difficult time with your buyer, like a really difficult time? You first need to get them on your level and speak the same language and it needs to be calm. Like, listen, Wes, I'm going to be here with you. Don't worry. I'm going to be here to help you through this. I've done this in the past with buyers with similar situations and I know just how to help you, but it's not about me sharing a solution with you. It's about me teaching you how you can do it yourself. Do you feel that that could be something that would really truly help you long-term? that simple. Now I've, I've created the environment where it's going to be difficult, but yeah. they're, they're viewing you Wes, or viewing myself or whatever it is as the person that's really going to help them through it. And they're going to be excited that, okay, I know it's going to suck. It's going to you know, feel a certain way. It's going to be uncomfortable. I'm going to talk about things that I probably have never shared with someone. I mean, I have buyers Wes that share their deep and darkest secrets with me. They have never told a soul. Why do you think that is? Because of the level of the, the trust that you build in the environment, the safe environment that you build first before right. you get started. You have to first understand the different levels of fear yeah. and what they are. I mean, you get fear of poverty. Poverty and wealth cannot coexist, especially in business. You can't. So when you have someone that is a fear of, a poverty and then they, they're broke minded. I don't like to say we're broke financially. You can be broken <laughs> poor yeah. or don't really have the right vehicle just yet or made poor decisions. That's my job is to figure out what decisions have you made in a past that affected you financially negatively. Right. And I need to start retraining your brain and retraining your thought patterns and behaviors of looking at things the way that wealthy people do. So that's, that's going over that piece. Then you have a fear yeah. of like criticisms. I mean, it's a sign of, that's just a sign of success. When you, people are going to talk about you good or bad, Wes, if you're not doing well. Yeah. <laughs> right? A yeah. lot of people don't understand this. When people, I mean, people mock me, people do what they got to do. They can talk a lot of shit. I don't give a damn. They can do what they yeah. got to do. It's just a frequency of, you know, admiration to me. So you have, they, if they don't like to be criticized when you're having conversation with them, you're, you're, you're hitting triggers and you're literally, it's a sign for you to stop and take a second and create the safe environment. Yeah. It shouldn't, shouldn't be so com People make this very complex, but using just say, for instance, a, a level, different levels of fear. Why is it so easy for people like you and I that understand emotional intelligence and understand how the human brain works. And for someone that doesn't understand it and they keep walking through all the triggers. Yeah. I, I think one big part of it that we may not touch on a lot, but the one big part of it is our own growth and our mm -hmm. own development. And I, I'm, and I'm getting into that for reasons because we've gone through a lot of these things. We've, we've gone through these types of experiences. So we understand and we can relate. Mm -hmm. We understand what it feels like, what it truly feels like. Because here's the thing, like going back to fear of poverty. Some people think, okay, if, some, if I have a, if somebody that's broke in front of me, then the way that I'm going to motivate them is by telling them that they're going to stay broke or they're going to be even more broke than they are, mm -hmm. which makes no sense. They're already comfortable being broke. You got to understand that. So you got to trigger a different fear so that they, so there's a motivating factor there for them to actually get to where they want to go. Because if, if, if I'm used to only having $300 in my savings account, and now I have $400 in my savings account and I go back to $300 in my savings account. I'm still broke, but I'm comfortable with it because that's where I live. Right. I mean, it's normal I, for you. You don't know, you don't, you don't, you don't, you've never had a different experience. Right. But if I have five grand in my savings account and now I drop to two or drop to one, 
now it's triggering my fear, right? Mm -hmm. Because I'm, you know, I'm here. And so that means you got to bring your buyer here and trigger that fear of, Hey, do you want to go back there? Right. Or what is that true, that true motivating factor for them? But the reason why we can understand them so well is because, well, one, it's repetition. We've dealt with so many people, but it's that emotional intelligence piece to know this is how you really, this is what really triggers this. And here's what the real motivating factor behind it. And we're curious. And so we're going to keep digging in until we find exactly what that real motivating factor is, because it's never about money. There's always something else there. And so whatever it is that you're truly sensitive about that you can't lose, especially if I can figure that out, I can motivate you to keep going because that's going to motivate you even more than winning. We talk a lot of, we hear a lot of sales trainers talk about this, Wes, and I'm really curious with this on your point. And I know that you see eye to eye on this, but I want the listeners to hear it. We talk about a lot about pain and pleasure. Yeah. There's two major catalysts that can motivate you to do anything in life. Mm-hmm. People like us, we're motivated more by pain. Yeah. There's other people that are driven by pleasure, but you can have both. Right. You need both. Why do you need both? The reason why you need both is because pleasure can actually also motivate pain. Pain can also motivate pleasure. Right. Right? It, it goes back and forth. And so if you can give them both, if you can mix it all into one pot, then also that scarcity of not having each or having each kicks in. What I mean by that is if I don't do this, I'm not only going to lose this, this is also going to get worse. Mm-hmm. Or I'm going to lose, lose, because now I'm not going to feel good. There's an emotion that's attached behind it. There's that emotion of the, the fear, but there's the emotion of, hey, if I don't get this, this is how I'm going to feel. And then if I do get this, this is the positive way I'm going to feel. Mm-hmm. But now, if you're not going to get any of it, if you're not going to get, if you're not going to do what you need to do to actually not get this and get this, so not have the negative and get the positive, there's, that's a huge force behind you to motivate you to keep going. But a lot of people are, un- they're not comfortable being uncomfortable of understanding it. Yeah. Can you do this if you're unbalanced as a salesperson? No. No. I can't tell you how many meetings and people, you know, when I go to companies and, and have conversations with trainings, whatever it is, and I start talking about some of the stuff that we're discussing on our episodes and some of the things that we utilize in all our businesses and in whatever capacity, their eyes get big as like silver dollars, bro. They're like, they're like, what is this guy talking about? We, we pretty yeah. much sound insane. Yeah. But that's how much effort it takes to be good and great at what we do. When my, and obviously my daughter hasn't gotten to that age yet, but when she gets to, you know, 18 years old <laughs> or in, in, you know, past that point, goes to college, university, whatever, I want her, to, and she wants to get married one day, I want her to marry a salesperson because <laughs> yeah. I want to know she's going to be okay. It's the number yeah. one profession in the world, and it always will be because everyone is driven by money, is it not? Yeah. I'm going to keep saying all of this stuff until I'm blue in the face. If, and I'm telling the listeners, guys, if you don't know what emotional intelligence and the science behind how it goes into sales, you got you to gotta get more knowledge. You got to gain more knowledge. And if you're uncomfortable in certain situations with your own bullshit fear, you're not going to be effective with your buyers at all because you haven't dealt with it yourself. One of the motivating factors for myself is I have a fear of of loss. It's losing something I already have. Yeah. That's a huge driving force for me. And it also can be a pleasure point. How would you deal with that with me if I was one of your buyers and I had a fear of loss? Yeah. And that's, that's actually a great thing because you, you know, you've accomplished a lot. So you have a lot to lose. Right. That's where it's different than somebody that we talked about the fear of poverty. If somebody's already broke, they, they, they're not afraid of what they're going to lose, but you have a lot to lose. Right. And so I, what I need to figure out is what are you most afraid of? Cause it's not about everything that you're afraid of. It's about what's, what are you most afraid of that you can lose with inaction? And I need to figure that out. And then I need to look at what can you gain the most when it comes to you taking massive action? 
But the thing about what you gain the most, I got to figure out what actually matters to you because you may be wealthy, but you could give a shit about money. Right? You, just, you, don't, you don't care about money at all. That's not what truly motivates you. So if I'm here and talking to you about, hey, you can make a lot more money, well, I'm not speaking anything that's actually of interest to you. Mm-mm. But if I hit on certain triggers and certain sensitive points that has to do with your personal life, things that can get really affected by the fact that you're not taking action on this or you're not doing what you need to do, now that's what's going to really trigger you and fuel you. And that's mm-hmm. how I'm going to play the loss gain scenario because you really want what it is and you want to, even if it's just keeping what it is, mm-hmm. but make, maybe I can even show you how to enhance what it is. Right. And that that's, can, that's, that's, a, that's an important piece. Talk a little bit yeah. further about that. Yeah, because it's not just fear of just losing. Yes, there's a huge motivating factor. But if there's also something to chase and oh, something to it. gain. There it is. That, there, there's a, that's a huge motivating factor, especially for somebody like yourself who's very competitive. Right? You're looking for, we always want something. Why? Because it fuels that dopamine inside of us, that chase. Mm-hmm. We want to hunt. Right? We can, there's something to get. And so if I can take what it is and tell you it can be 10 times better, you're not even seeing it right now. Your vision is so blurred. Like you think what, it, what you have is so great, but I can show you. You're not, even, how, you're not even scratching the surface. Exactly. And so now because you are, you are who you are and you have a certain standard, I know that's going to fuel you to do more. Mm-hmm. But then also I can, the underlying layer with that is, but if you don't do anything at all, you think you're going to stay here, but actually what's going to happen is you're still going to lose. Mm-hmm. because you're not growing and I can motivate you that way. You said so much there and I hope the listeners wrote some of that, caught some of this. These are valuable pieces for someone to have a deep understanding on both sides of the buyer-seller relationship. I don't care who you are and what industry. The thing that you were talking about that maybe I don't even see the bigger picture, or not talking about myself in general, just anybody they don't even see it in that type of way that they can actually accomplish something bigger, but just let's keep it with this type of example. So that way we don't lose this here. Say for instance, I, you know, I have done very well financially for myself, but most recently, probably 18 months ago, I always thought Wes that you need to put money into your savings account. But as you, the growth that you have and especially in entrepreneurship, it's not about how much money you, you save. It's how much money you save and then multiply in different revenue streams. Right. I don't have my money in one spot. I have my money working hard for me in different areas and in different investments. I spent so much time to make sure that I'm not just doing what I do to make money. I don't because I do what I do because I love what I do and I get to do what I do. Yeah. That's that gratitude piece. Believing in abundance. There's enough air out there in the world. There's enough money out there and there's enough success, but it's the most importantly, there's enough fulfillment out there for people to experience. And they're only hitting a certain level and they're getting caught up in their own fear of whatever it is. You, you, can't, you can't have fear and success at the same time, that feeling of yep. satisfaction. You can't experience both of those, can you? No. The only time I can ever explain it is when the day my daughter was born. I was petrified yeah. when she was about to be born, petrified, just making sure everybody's okay. And then when she was born, it was the most exhilarating moment I've ever had in my life. And I'm not, you know this, and I've shared with this and I'm sharing with the listeners now. I'm not a vulnerable person. I, I'm don't, I was raised around very strong men and they were raised in a generation where you didn't show emotion negatively even and you don't cry to your mom you better you better lock it up <laughs> right yeah so when she was born like I, I, everything just came out of me i just started just i, I couldn't control it but i was so excited i was, I was crying it was like tears of joy it was a different feeling yeah the point i'm to want to make with everybody and, and this is important to understand I never thought I would ever feel vulnerable like that ever again in my life up until the day she was born. But ever since then, and I've been doing a lot of self-reflection, personal things for myself to overcome adversity. I've discovered another version of myself because I have a goal in mind, an outcome in mind. It was, it's a different playing field, Wes. Yeah. You're a dad. So you would understand this. 
I realized that when I'm after all the measuring, reassessing and mapping out my goals, I realized in my life that my goals were too freaking like they're too low. It's yeah. changed the game for myself. Now it's now that the fear that I do have, and this goes to all the listeners and understand this, your fears will change over time. Yeah. So what, how important is it to not just deal with that type of fear with them and, and using it to your advantage to help them succeed in life and removing it away from them and they can't accomplish it. But is it important also for you to go through a scenario in their own mind of what it's going to be like when they do accomplish something? Absolutely. You got you to put that image and that picture in their mind. Right. That, you know, it's, it's, it's really important that they, why, you know, here's why. Because, and this actually goes both ways, positive and negative. And so here's why. When, when you fear something, usually it's because you're not familiar with it. Mm -hmm. it's, you don't know what's going to happen, right? If, you've never, if you never went on a, on a plane and jumped off a plane before you went skydiving, you have a huge fear there because you don't know what it's like. But the first time that you do it and you experience it, now it's familiar to you. You're not as scared the second time around. So what do you do with your buyer? If, if I need to evoke a lot of fear, I don't have to make it as familiar, right? I can, mm -hmm. I can keep it without actually drawing that picture. This is kind of both sides of it. So I may not draw a complete picture for you because I still want to drive some uncertainty in certain ways. I'm going to try to explain this in the best way that I can. But if I give you a full picture in your mind, I've given you a full experience because I can sit here and close my eyes and experience an entire day if I wanted to just by right. visualizing it. And now I'm more familiar with it. That's why I visualize before a, call, a phone call because I can visualize what's going to happen. I have a conversation already in my own mind. And now that's in, in reality, that's usually how it ends up turning out because I was you know, playing it in my mind. I, there's some shows that, that I watched in the past that show people that will, will train themselves. Like if they fight or whatever it is, they'll train, they'll do image training where they'll train themselves in their own mind before they ever step out on the battlefield. Important. So the reason why I'm saying- I've learned it in the military. Yeah. I learned it in the military, bro. I've learned this yeah. since I was, a, even before that, like playing sports, I would put myself in that moment. Yep. Absolutely. And so the reason why I want to do that for somebody is because I want to make it familiar. Yes. Right. So if it's, if it's something, if I, I need you to experience it so that now it's familiar to you because I need to raise your standard if that's the goal. So if I put the image, so if it's, if, if, if your vulnerability is your daughter, and I need to put the image in your mind of where you're going to be because that's the pleasure point where I'm trying to enhance it for you. And I, and you know, you're not just, you, you may be thinking like, okay, my daughter, I want to get her to college. I want it paid for, you know, and then have her meet a nice guy and that's it. But then what if I poke holes in that? Mm -hmm. And I, I show all the different vulnerabilities that can happen with your daughter throughout that process. Where are some of the gaps where she might fall into? And then I paint a picture in your mind of what if your daughter's life really actually looked like this and I made you visualize it. Mm. Now you set a different standard for yourself of what, of what needs to be done so you can meet that because that's an area of sensitivity or vulnerability that right. you care most about. Right. And, yeah. and so that's kind of what I mean by that. That was beautiful the way. I hope the listeners got that. Just because of the fact when you start putting them in a scenario where they're starting to visualize it in their own mind, can they work out how they, the steps they need to take to get there? Potentially. Okay. Would, it, would you say that it's your job to roll out those steps? It's your job. What I truly believe is your job is to help them do it for themselves. Uh, there we go. There we go. That's what I was trying to get at. And I wanted the listeners to understand that. When you remove that and you're starting to go through these types of scenarios with your buyers, and this doesn't mean that you're just an individual person. You can do it with a whole auditorium full of people. That's how powerful your human mind is, is you can put yourself in any type of situation. And we talked about this before. That's what I try to do at the beginning of the buying you know, sales process with a buyer. If I'm talking to someone individually, I do pre-call analysis. I do what I need to do to understand who I'm talking to, whatever it is. But if it's a brand new person, I try to close my eyes when I'm on the phone with them and visualize what they look like, what shirt they're wearing, what's their life look like, 
once I have that idea, I can start discovering pain points, discovering what, you know, the situation. And then the next couple calls, whatever in the process, then I'm able to start figuring out and I'm going to start doing the same thing with them. I want you to think about what your life is going to look like. Think about yourself there. Like, and just say, thank you. They say, thank you. Not to me. Say, thank you to yourself. That's a gratitude angle, right? Start teaching them some of my core values and some of the things that I believe and transferring those beliefs positively in their life. And then they start going, wait a minute. I start work. I start started working on some of your methods and techniques, Chris, of, you know, just self reflection yourself, clearing yourself out. And I'm starting to see things in your perspective. I'm starting to see things and they're going to start getting excited and ending in excitement on every encounter is imperative because I'm all about being positive. Mm-hmm. Because when you're positive, when you're reaching, when you're getting the level of excitement up, they're going to have a better experience. Yes. Yeah. So if they have a better experience, will they be open to other possibilities for themselves? Of course, because they want to keep feeling the way they felt. Right. But how important is it to pull them back down to neutral when they go to make a decision? It's absolutely because that's, again, that's, that's the difference between, you know, if they're making it at an emotional level, that's temporary. If they're mm-hmm. making it at neutral, that's permanent. Right. Because if they're in a high level, just like me getting on a call with a company and doing a virtual training or going into a place and then motivating them. I don't like to say that I'm a motivating person, but the things that I talk about, I'm very animated and it comes from my passion in my heart. And it typically ends up being motivated. And I'm not trying to motivate anybody. <laughs> inspire. Yeah. I'm, I'm here to inspire people, not motivate you. Because motivation goes away. It's a, it's a high. And then we'll, yeah. and here's what typically happens with people that are very motivated to do something and they go to go work on it and they realize this shit's hard. And then they go, man, I'm not going to do this. Right. Because that's uncomfortable. When things are difficult, it's uncomfortable, is it not? Yep. How important is it to have them start looking? I guess a seller can do this or you know, a, a salesperson. Start prioritizing their own fears and also with their buyers. How, I mean, so that way you kind of like visualize it on a piece of paper. Yeah. It, it's actually really important. So you, you're, you mean like for themselves and their buyers. So, yes. But right? I mean, you need yeah. to do it for yourself. That's number yeah. one. Yeah. Like what, how many situations have you had in the past? Have you gotten away of your own sale? Mm-hmm. Oh, ab- you know? it's absolutely. There's so many. There's so many because you don't understand that you're triggering their fear through your this own. Completely. And you don't know that you know how to deal with it. Right. I'm so fortunate to have the life that I do have, Wes. Very fortunate. And there's a lot of areas in my life that it takes a lot of work and I still have a lot of work to do. Like what I'm trying to create and build, it, it's going to take another couple other versions of yeah. myself to accomplish those types of goals. Yeah. But you need to understand, it, you got to keep doing this as a process, man. It's, it's yeah. literally a daily grind. Right. If you want to accomplish things that you never thought you would ever accomplish. Right. I'm a completely different person tomorrow. I will be tomorrow than I am today. Yeah. It might not be a huge change, but that 1% a motherfucker, isn't it? Yeah. Because one year later, <laughs> that's a whole other person. I go back right. and listen to some of our old trainings with the companies that we would do in a past West, maybe a year ago. We sound completely different. Yeah but we were great then. We were still good. We still made money. Yeah. We were doing well over seven figures in, in different yeah. areas, well over and murdering like literally not just trying murdering the numbers, but we didn't care about that. I didn't drive us and motivate yeah. us. What motivated us was the impact that we had with people. Yeah. And a lot of those people left that company and came to ours when we built it. Yeah. Did they not? Why did they yep. do that? Because of the experience that we gave them because now, because they felt us, right. Right? The, the level of trust that we built. And that's why, you know, that's the key thing there that you said is that, and now it's, it's not about motivation for you. It's just who you are. Mm-hmm. Right. So, and it's not, and, and yes, a standard has to do with it. Habits have to do with it. All these things have to do with it, but right. that's just who you are now. And so it's not about what you know. It's not about any of those things. All those things you will, you will know more in the future. 
you'll get a better understanding of different things in the future. But the one constant that you control is who you are mm-hmm. and what you do, right? What you're willing, what you're willing to, to take and what you're not willing to take, who you're willing to be and not willing to be. And that's when you're looking at your buyer, that's what you can't do it for them, right? That's why you can't do it for them because there's zero ownership there. Right. That's temporary based on you because you're the catalyst for the action that's being taken. Mm-hmm. You cannot be the catalyst. They yeah, have to be you're own. not going to be there. You're not going to be there for them when it gets hard. I mean, right. you're not going to be there in that situation with them, you know, physically or right. virtually. It's not going to, it's not the same thing. Right. I have to prep you to be that person. There it is. I, so when you are, when you become that person, you can, then I can tell you, these are, this is what you're going to face. It's going to suck. You're going to face this. It's not going to be good. Hey, and it doesn't matter what you sell. Hey, in three months, you may, you know, work with a guy from this department and he's a jackass. And so you just mm-hmm. know that it's, it is what it is. It's fine. You know, you'll still get through it, but that's because now your, your mission, your aim is the mission. Your aim is, is what you're doing and you're yeah. equipped to do it. So now you can go through all the things that would normally be objections to you or whatever it may be. And, and you can do it with confidence because now you're actually equipped to do it. And that's what we try to focus ourselves on. Right. So the experiences you have and you've had over the years of doing this at a very high level and being around people to do it at a very high level, now that you see you can accomplish it that way, how much, it, how, how much has it changed the way that you go about your day with sales and your objectives and your task? Yeah. My, my objective is always the same. How can I serve this person? Okay. Right. Right. So how can I serve this person? Because now what it's done is given me a true curiosity mm-hmm. because I'm, I'm, I don't think about the sale. I don't, you know, half the time I don't even know what the sale is. Like I, what I'm looking to do is, okay, what does this person actually need? How can I work on the person? And then I'll fill in the gaps, right? Insert sale, insert product, insert whatever it is down the line or whenever it is in the sales process. Mm-hmm. But how can I prep somebody? So now I'm more like, I'm more of like in a preparation because I do a lot of education. I do a lot of, you know, the conversations that I'm having with my buyers, it's more about understanding them, unraveling what's going on with their life, how to get them moving forward. So that's how I'm looking about it. I'm looking at it more like a doctor, mm-hmm. right? So exactly. here are all the symptoms and here's how I can help this person. And I'll fill in the gap because why now they're equipped. When, when your buyer is prepared to be what they need to be, to go where they need to go, inserting your product or service is just a natural part of the process. Mm-hmm. It's no longer the outcome. They need to bring it up to you. Right. I literally would go through the products with them, but it's not about me showing them and sharing the products. It's me going to them saying, listen, it, right at the beginning of the process, I take the product and service and move it away. Like it's, yep. we're no longer having conversations about that because my job in my moral obligation with you is to do what's best for you at all times. Right. I'll let you know when that could come back into, you know, to come back into play and, and, you know, for us to have a conversation about it and discuss it completely like deep because yeah. you, I need to make sure you're going to be the right person for that. And that's really going to serve you, not just short term, but long term. Right. But my job is to make sure that I'm preparing you. And you mentioned it earlier is to prep you for exactly what they need to accomplish and how they're going to go about making that happen and being successful. It's never about the product or service are good when they, when they have it. It's about how well they execute that product or service or good. Yeah. So I sell the executing piece, what yeah. it's going to feel like, what, we're going, what you're going to accomplish, what you're going to do. And that's another imagery training as well. Start painting a picture with your buyer like they already have it. Yeah. Now, remember I talked about the fear of loss? There's a yeah. reason why I brought it up. If I take it away from them, yep. Mr. and Mrs. Prospect, the things that you're mentioning right now, and you have to forgive me, I really thought you were the type of person that could accomplish this and you could really hit a certain level and maybe probably potentially change your life. But just because of your actions and inactions lately, as of late, I no longer am recommending you that program or product or service are good because I don't feel that it's in your best interest because I don't think you're going to be successful with it. What does that yeah. do to the buyer? Now it's, that's where that fear of loss kicks in. This is, this is where you're using fear the right way. Right. You have to use it ethically. 
Yeah. I, I'm not, I, I feel at this time, it doesn't mean that I'm not going to present that solution to her again or him again. Yeah. I'm, it's a give and take, right? And I'll take it away mm-hmm. momentarily until maybe I made a mistake. We were open for a discussion. Yeah. So then it gives them an opportunity to sell me now. Yeah. Why should I say, so Mr. and Mrs. Prospect, here's something to remember. And I want you to understand it's my job to do what's best for you. How, do you feel that I've done that with you so far through this process? What are some of the things you learned? What's changed about you taking action on the smallest details? It's not about the big details and the big tasks you need to accomplish. You've learned this with me. It's the small details that turn you from good to great. You can't trip over pennies chasing nickels. You're, you're, you're worried about, you're trying to make money, but you're not doing it for the right reasons. And I'm trying to make sure that I'm, I'm getting you ready for the, be that person that you're trying to accomplish. Yeah. It's not about the, your goal. It's about the person you become chasing that goal. And if you are chasing it for the right reasons, you can be extremely powerful. So here's what I propose at this time. If you can go through and give me maybe some reasons why I should allow you to still make this decision. This is overall your decision now, but this is my recommendation is different. You can do whatever you would like to choose, but I wouldn't do that in your situation. Take this time to walk me through some of the th- reasons why I should allow you to make this happen. I just completely framed it. Did I not? Yeah. But most of them want even more. Right. Now they want it even more, but it's not a trick. It's something that you have to make sure you do. I've done this with my oldest niece. Yeah. Like Bella. <laughs> We've had a conversation about this. I told you that I told you that I would buy this for you. I told you that I would have this, but you got to make sure you're doing it for the right reasons, you know, and go and play with that. If you're not going to play with the toy, if you're not going to if you're going to treat it bad, you got to, you know, take care of your things. You can't break it and slam it on a tree and do these things. I'll take it back. If there's some other kid out there who will want this and, and appreciate yeah. this. Oh, I'm sorry. I won't do that again. This comes natural. It should be natural. No. You, that's why it's important for you to dig inside of yourself internally as a salesperson, business person, whatever you are, and pull the insecurities out and deal with them yourself because your yeah. insecurities are going to affect the other person. Right. Plus, you got to understand them. Right. Exactly. Explain that a little bit more. Yeah. You got to understand because, again, your fear can drive their fear. Mm -hmm. Your uncertainty can drive their uncertainty. You know, and and you're a reflection of the kind of, you know, sales calls that you're having. You're a direct reflection of that. Mm -hmm. Because how many times have we had someone who, you know, said this was a bad lead or screwed up a call and then we got on there. And within minutes, that whole relationship was flipped around. This is actually a great lead. And so you, you're a direct reflection of what's happening. And so you need to deal with your own insecurities, deal with your own fears, because it's going to impact the way that you present yourself and the way that you communicate, but also gives you a further understanding mm-hmm. to know how the other person is feeling. Like, I promise you something, and is that that person that you're talking to isn't much different than yourself. Because at the end of the day, we're all humans and we all have we all have a brain and we all breathe air. And so we all have the similar tendencies, but some of them overcome them. Some of them experience different things. So we don't experience that type of a, you know, an, a tendency or don't have that kind of a tendency. But what you, what you, when you start understanding more about yourself, you can start picking off how that person's feeling, why right. they're feeling the way they're, they're feeling. What is that result? And it's not just understanding the fear. It's understanding the effect of that fear. It's understanding what that fear may potentially cause. And this is where, you know, visualizing what their life looks like. If you know that somebody, you know, has these specific fears and you've identified them, start picturing what their life potentially looks like. If you were in that situation, what would that look like? Put yourself in their shoes and then see, and then work it backwards. What does that person need to hear? What does that person need to feel? What's going to drive this person and start mapping, mapping it out. That's your responsibility as a salesperson. Because now you're mapping out what that roadmap needs to look like. So that's what we talk about a lot with sales process and how we, you know, how we build out a sales process mm-hmm. is we're looking to put certain scenarios. We're putting certain conversations in place. We're doing certain things 
because we've developed a customized roadmap for that person based off of what's going to help drive them to where they need to go. But it's not about just driving them. Yeah. It's leading them. Right. You know, and, and I know that you know exactly what I'm talking about with that. And I just want the listeners to understand that just not driving them because sometimes we use the jargon a little loosely when we're having conversations individually, but I know you, it's always about leading them because you pace first, then you lead You're pacing at your pace, but you're trying to get in cadence. You're trying to get in the same step, but you're trying to understand where they are. That's discovery. And we're, I mean, you have to understand that. that's why writing down, you're talking about that roadmap. That comes from you writing down your notes, man. Yeah. I can't tell you how many salespeople that I meet that don't write shit down. Yeah. And then they, and then they usually send me messages like, you're lucky, Chris. You're about all the things you accomplished. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck is wrong with you? Like, write things <laughs> down. Like, you should be writing down what's going on with them. Right. Then that's your time, 10 to 15 minutes before your next encounter, is you invest that time of writing it out. It gives your mind a second to reflect back on what's happened. What can I do to make more of an impact? How can I, how can I really drive home this point for them to visualize this? Like, where am I failing? Shit. It, yeah. That's how much time I put into what I do. Recording your meetings. And I know that some companies don't like to record phone calls, but just ask. If your rapport level is high, you can always ask. But like, Mr. and Mrs. Prospect, it's getting to a point of the conversation that I probably would want to hear again after because I do as you know I do take the extra time 10 to 15 minutes before our next meeting I want to make sure that I don't miss something can I record this real quick just for training purposes no one's going to hear it other than me how long did that take you a few seconds a few seconds and then me recording that I can go back and listen to it yeah where did I miss something but it's not about me taking that time isn't about where I can interject a product or service or good right. it has everything to do with them personally and emotionally. Everything to do with them that way. If you do it to try to sell a product, you're going to fail. You can't manipulate. That's where it comes from. Your, the inside of you have to be ethical. It needs your intention is everything. Yeah. Is everything. And I guess that's where we can kind of start wrapping up with today's episode is going into maybe start painting a picture about how to approach this to do it ethically. Yeah. What do you think is the first step of, and I'm not trying to trick you with the question because I know that you know the answer to it. I just want the listeners to hear it. Yeah. Would you say that the first step is the same way that you would do it with a buyer? To, like you do it by yourself, like a salesperson? It comes with your intention. There we right? go. Like it comes with your intention. And so what, what's the intention for what you're doing, mm-hmm. right? And so, because here's the thing, you're absolutely right. It's not about the product, service, or good. It's never about that. If, if that's what your intention is, you are going to be a limited salesperson your entire life. Right. It doesn't mean that you won't do good and like you won't, you know, get good results. You may get good results, but they're always going to be good results. They're never going to be great results. They're never going to be in the top 1% results. But if you want to get to that next level, your intention has to be to truly serve. And I know people use that loosely, you know, it's serving. But what you have to be, to, and what, what you serve is what that person needs from you in, in the capacity in which they need it, whatever that is. And so, yeah, you're absolutely right. You got to lead them, you got to lead them forward. You got to be their leader. You got you to take them down that journey. Why? Mm-hmm. Because they don't know it. If they understood it, if they knew the journey, if they knew what they're supposed to do, you wouldn't be having a conversation with them. Right. They need you for that reason in that capacity and you can drive them. And I say, I'm, I'm using that word again, but you know, you can lead them. I know what you mean. Yeah. And so that's why it's, it's absolutely important that your intention is truly to help that person equip themselves. So just kind of recapping it, equip themselves to become the kind of person that can handle whatever it is that you're trying to help them do. And then then it's like you're kind of letting go of the, of the bird, right? So once, right. Once, they, once, you've, once you've led them, once they're, they're equipped, they're ready to go, they're like, fly, you know, go right. ahead. And you're, you're ready to go and then you can let them go. And they're going to be equipped to actually, you know, keep because there's nothing worse than helping somebody, you know, quote unquote, helping somebody. And then you look back and they haven't gotten to where they're trying to go. 
that means you haven't equipped them enough for them to do it. But if right. you have done everything that you can and you have equipped them properly, you're going to see better results as a salesperson, but also you're going to have lifelong clients and you're going to have people who are actually improving their quality of life because of what you did. And that's mm -hmm. the impact. And that's my, that's what motivates me. When I see that I've had so many of my, even individually, and it's not about just on that type of capacity anymore. I mean, I'm doing it with, you know, corporations and businesses and, you know, companies and watching their success and watching that growth. It's starting to change it. it but I still get motivated more by an individual because it's a personal connection, not just the results through the company. They get companies, corporations they get 300, 400% growth over a year just by some of the, the methods in, that I teach them. But not just them, just individual people that make the phone calls and have to work out their sales process. But yeah. doing it with somebody effectively and ethically with an individual, man, and remembering it in my mind, and I, I make sure they remember it as well. I bring it up towards the end of the training or end yeah. of the buying, well, buying time frame, whatever it is, sales process. Like, do you remember when I very first met you and we were having conversations? This could be two weeks ago. <laughs> okay. Do you yeah. remember that first conversation? Looking back on that, how grateful are you that you took the time to work out some of the issues that are underlying your success? Why did I ask that question? But most people won't ask that question with somebody. No. Because they don't experience what we experience of working with people. No. That's a type of level that gets you to the top 1% of people in the world doing what we do. No. I'm starting to rub, you know, we're starting to rub elbows with people that are the, I guess you say, sales gurus. And I'm starting to realize that they're only surface level bullshit. No. They don't understand the, the, some of the things that we talk about. I'm not talking about the word geniuses. No. No one sat me down and tried to train me. This is all about my experience and all about my journey. I've implemented so many things over the years and it's gotten me to where I'm at today. I've watched you, Wes, radical transformation in your life. Radical transformation. Wouldn't it be great for everybody to experience this? Yeah, if they're willing. But that's believing in abundance. You want it for everybody else. And that's why, that's why it drives us to do what we do with everybody that we communicate with. Yeah. Man, you can become powerful. So for all the listeners out there, just do me a favor. Take some time and get creative. And it doesn't take much time to do this. Write out some of your fears and some of the things, write out maybe some of the things that we talked about that day and then come up with a game plan on how you can serve more, make an impact with your buyers. And I'm telling you, once you, once you watch them succeed and turn into that, you know, that bird and let the bird go, whatever with the analogy you use, <laughs> yeah. I like this, like free, yeah. <laughs> you can fly. Yeah. But once you experience something like that, that's it's the highest form of persuasion. Yeah is an influence is doing it for some, you know, for somebody else that you get nothing in return for because the things that we're working out with people, we're not selling a product. We're working, we're, we're trying to convince them that they can do whatever they want to accomplish and they can. And this is where a lot of people, when I have conversations with us, they, they talk about in a lot about NLP. That shit has so many holes in it. Don't, I'm not talking about NLP. I'm talking about this comes from my heart. This, this, that's this technique. Yeah. It's not a method, you know, where you go and it's a trick where you're trying to do some type of not, not joke with people. No, you got, you got to take this. You got to be a hundred percent authentic. And that's, what's the only thing is going to sell after 2020. Yeah. You're going to lose. And there's a good chance you're going to lose to me <laughs> <laughs> or we're gonna lose to us. Like, like I'm being honest, like what's happening right now in the world, Wes, yeah. I've been more busier now than I've been in previous six months. Yeah. Just because I've worked from home for the last good knows how many years now. This is a, a salesperson's dream. An entrepreneur's dream has been working from home. Yeah. Everyone's home. Shocking.
So some people are making money, some aren't. Right. They're just dying to talk to somebody. Well, I'm going to give them something to talk about. Right. Take this time to, when you're self-isolating, take this time to, you know, not focus on just getting through it, growing from it. Yeah. Like, but just turn yourself into another version of yourself. That's powerful, man. Yeah. Then, then you're more equipped to deal with the new world. This world maybe not, not go back completely to the same again. There's a lot of underlying things going on. You got China deals. You got this. I mean, there's a lot of stuff going on in the world. I'm not going to get into that political conversation. There's a lot of stuff going on bigger than, you know, what people see. So this is the time for you to really take it in and hold yourself accountable. I mean, take ownership. This is your life. No one's going to give a shit more than you. I'm telling you that right now. Even the closest people you have around you, family, family members, they secretly want you to fail secretly if you don't have the right people around you you know how it is you got yeah. friends around you like why are you doing that don't do this man don't do this <laughs> if i listen to all those people i still would be broke living in charleston talking to the same assholes that i grew up with right i love you from a distance but i got nothing you got nothing for me you don't bring any value to my life now i, I love you but I, it is what it is i can help you but you're going to have to help yourself first. Right. So I hope the listeners got a lot of value from this. It was fun kind of going into this. We probably have to chop this up. We're probably going to get a lot of feedback <laughs> from some <laughs> of this conversation. Because it's, yeah. it's, it's difficult to roll out and you know, be effective with. But it's, it's only going to work if it's, it comes from you inside. Right. Anything you want mm-hmm. to add before we wrap up? The only thing is talking about coming from inside you to be effective. You have to fix your inside, right? Yeah. You have to fix yourself. And it's not an easy thing. What we're talking about is not an easy thing to do. It takes years, but it, what it really takes is conscious effort. Mm-hmm. You have to be willing to go through it and you have to be willing to grow. Like you have to, yeah. And, that, and I truly mean when I say that you have to be willing to grow Yes, because it's conscious. It's easy to stay where you are. It's easy to stay stagnant, even if you want more, but you know what? You're not equipped to get more. And so equip yourself to get more. And then you'll see how you naturally will be able to start doing the same for other people and making a bigger impact. So fix yourself first. You have to give yourself first before you can give to anybody else. It's not selfish. It's just common sense. And so work on yourself during this time and, and do everything you can to grow because there's, everything is changing in the world right now. We're going to be living in an entirely different world moving forward. And, you know, like I said, you're either growing or you're sinking. So you got to choose which one you're going to be. Well said. Well said. I appreciate everything you always, you know, say and plug in the holes with a lot of these episodes, Wes. It really does mean a lot to me. And I'm sure listeners get so much value from your insights and tips on just wanting a better life in general and better self. I mean, that's what it's all about. I mean, you got to want the best for everybody else and most importantly, best for yourself. I get it. It's beautiful. Well well done. Um, In closing, ask yourself and really truly ask yourself. It's not just a punchline that I say when I close meetings and close, you know, in sales encounters, whatever it is. You got to really truly ask yourself how to get better, 1% better tomorrow than you are today. And if you're not growing like Wes is talking about, if you're not growing and you're not getting better, you're going to lose. Stop failing yourself. Stop failing yourself. I failed myself more days and that regret, you have to let it go. You have to forgive yourself. Move on. There's things that have happened to me. I've had to freaking own it and then move on. That's the first step to recovery or whatever it is for you. And then once you start getting that momentum and getting better every day that's building more confidence you're becoming stronger now you're turning yourself into another version but it's not discovering that version it's who you become when you get to where you got to go yep so keep moving keep growing keep learning i hope you got tons of value from this i'll see you all next time stay safe wash your hands and god bless wash your hands again
thank you for taking your time and listening to today's podcast of The Win-Win Effect. In success, it's all about living a better quality of life. So at the very least, subscribe to The Win-Win Effect podcast so you don't miss the next episode. Feel free to share on your social media or simply tell a friend about it. Also, please rate and review the podcast.